Welcome into the Kiwi Football Fix. We are two games down and just seven days to go in the OFC World Cup qualifying campaign for the All Whites. We'll talk all about that. We'll go inside the All Whites camp with Logan Rogerson very, very shortly. But first of all, it's a warm welcome to a good friend of mine and a, a, a former All White <laughs> goalkeeper and a, a current Sky Sport commentator, Jacob Spoonley, the one and only Spoon. How are you, mate? You're just back from Qatar. How was it? Oh, it was great, mate. Yeah, I've, I've flown in, uh, arrived at 4 a.m. this morning, so we're on limited sleep. I am hydrated, I'm awake, but I'm not <laughs> promising anything above that, Goran. Um, in terms of, I don't mean this to sound like um, you know, somebody about to conduct a cavity search at the airport, but what was the nature of your trip to Qatar? Interesting, interesting way to, uh, <laughs> to coin that question. Um, so I, in my role as part of uh, the PFA, I need to go up and see the boys regularly and we haven't been able to do that because of travel restrictions. So this uh, was a great opportunity to not only go up and see them, but also to see a huge number of them, 31 players in the squad. So ticking yeah. a lot of boxes there, Grant. All right, so um, in terms of Qatar as a whole, because look, the, the whole reason we're there, we're trying to get to the World Cup later in the year, November. Is Qatar ready to host the FIFA World Cup of 2022? Well, you're exactly right. Um, it's exciting because it's where we want to be. So to have the qualifying tournament there is great. Um, it's going to be different. Uh, so everything uh, with, to do with the World Cup is going to be in the city. So there's eight stadiums, I think, in and around the city. Um, we went and saw a number of them. They look fantastic. Uh, but different, I think, is going to be the way that this World Cup is going to be described, Goran. And if you were thirsty, where do you get a drink from? Very good question. Uh, did a little bit of research and couldn't find anything at oh. the time. But um, no, absolutely. I think it's going to go through a bit of a transformation uh, to prepare for the World Cup. And hopefully, mate, uh, we might be up there for a beer, which would be good. That would be nice. You haven't just brought yourself in for the Kiwi Football Fix. No. You've managed to bring in this lovely little number. I yes. don't know if you can see this, tier. I'm just going to sort of lift it up like that. What way am I going? This way. Explain that. Well, if you flip it around, uh, what you'll see on the back, um, from my detour to San Diego, at the last minute, I went up and saw Nico Boxall and Kyle Adams as well. But uh, I was very fortunate in that they gave me an away kit for the San Diego Loyal. We've got a home one as well that hopefully will be given away a little bit later on. But that is a really cool shirt because it's got the print of downtown San Diego. And on the back, it's got three cool signatures, two Kiwis and Kyle Adams and Nico Boxall. But importantly for a lot of Kiwi football fans, Landon Donovan. Uh, is also on there. He's the coach Beautiful. of San Diego. Uh, so I think we'll be giving that away later in the show. Yep, find out how we do that a little bit later on. Stay with us here on the Kiwi Football Fix. But for right now, let's talk about this All-Whites performance. Two of them up first against PNG and then a, a very comprehensive performance against Fiji, winning that one 4-0. From your mastermind, how did you see both encounters? How, how have they gone so far? Because they have qualified for the semi-final at this point. Yeah, and I think that's the, probably the punchline to this all, is that we've got through the first phase. Yes, we've got another game to go against New Caledonia, but they'll um, be a little bit downhearted. They played well, I thought, in their first game, but um, I don't think they'll pose as much of a challenge for the All-Whites as PNG and Fiji did. In the first game, I think we saw a really structured PNG side that held the All-Whites at bay, and they should feel pretty happy with that. And for our boys, uh, they got the goal, they got the result, and they moved on. You mentioned it earlier, uh, a vast number of All-Whites needed for this tournament, given the tournament parameters, it falls outside the window, it falls inside the window. We need a whole bunch of people uh, available for the country. It was an understrength, undermanned all-white side that took to the field against PNG. 
your thoughts on, on what that understrength all-whites lineup did. I thought they looked pretty good. They looked really confident, um, considering that they were, as you put it, maybe not the first 11 that Danny Hayes got in mind. Um, they took to the field, they showed patience against the PNG side that really perhaps showed more structure than was seen from Island teams in the past. Uh, and I think as well, um, we saw good performances from players that were returning to the side. So yes, we had the likes of younger players and players that were playing in New Zealand and Australia to fill those important roles. But then we also got to see the likes of Costa Barbarousas coming back in. And I think he had a, an immediate impact. I'd just like to pick you up. Uh, on something you just said, because it's not Costa Barbarousas. Controversial, you're right, Brian. It's, uh, it's actually Costas Barbarousas, isn't it? Place for Darren Hay as well, which has been interesting. <laughs> Look, things got uh, massively uh, better for the All-Whites in that match against Fiji, because mm. we, we saw some of the, uh, the players returning, the likes of Chris Wood up front, um, and it was a, a more comprehensive, more composed performance. Your thoughts on what they did to Fiji? Yeah, I think the returning, uh, like the likes of the returning Chris Wood were really important. Gave uh, the All Whites a lot more confidence. And I think the plan was really clear. Um, this Fiji team, they were going to sit deep. They played a 4-2-3-1. That ended up being a back six at times. So there was a, there's a lot of players in and around that Fijian box that blocked the All Whites in their, in their passing channels. But the boys knew that once they got to 60 minutes, the game was going to open up. They saw uh, against New Caledonia that Fiji can't go the full 90. And we saw that play out in that second game. So with Chris Wood, who importantly broke Vaughan Kovney's record, that was just reward for a huge amount of loyalty to the shirt. Um, but at the same time, I think at the other end, Ollie Sale. What an, what, a, what an impact. Oh, here we had. go. The goalkeeper talking about the goalkeeper. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> who, who's struck by this? No, no, please. Tell us about Ollie Sale. I, having gone into camp and seen um, everyone there and, and just seen how composed Ollie is at the moment, I, I think um, the fact that he made his debut um, and has kept two clean sheets and only had to come up with one save, which you're right, Gone. Yeah. It's not really remarkable, but um, the way in which they've managed that back line along with the likes of Winston Reid and two formations as well, it's got to be said, changing that variety that we're seeing from Danny Hay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really impressed with Ollie how he's gone, yet to concede at international level. <laughs> That's a pretty nice spin on it. Um, you mentioned the formation change. Very interested in seeing that against Fiji mm. because Danny Hay has uh, largely gone for a, a back four and, and as part of that back four it's Winston Reid alongside Michael Boxall. Yes. Game one they tried Nico Boxall um, but in game two they've actually gone with Tommy Smith and Nando Pineker and you've got wing backs and Kerwin and DeVries out wide. Is this something that uh, is it horses for courses? Not having Michael Boxall, it's almost like you've got two for the price of one in the heart of defence? I think absolutely. But with the back three, what you have the ability to do is go really wide. And we've seen that from Danny Hay. He likes the width. He likes what he refers to as offside width. So changing the point of attack and being able to do that directly, which we saw uh, Clayton Lewis trying to do in that first game against PNG, did it on a number of occasions, but then started doing it a lot more regularly against Fiji. So uh, I think it's that width that the back three allowed us, which was important in that as we saw, really bore fruit towards the back end of the game because Fiji was so deep, as we said, had so many numbers behind the ball. Um, but it also allowed us to play Costa Barbarousas and Chris Wood with Ben Wayne. And so they overwhelmed 
uh, those middle channels in, in, in amongst the Fiji and back line. So that pressure just really pushed Fiji back and back and then we saw the floodgates open at the 70th minute and that's where the clinical finishing came in, mm. um, which was fantastic to see because that's going to provide us with momentum now heading into the important phase of the tournament. What do you think it means to Chris Wood to claim that goal scoring record? Uh, the Vaughan Covney record stood for a long, long time and it's taken Chris Wood 12 years to knock it off. So what will it mean to him? I think people see Woodsy, they see that he's had a wonderful career overseas. Um, he's obviously come in and um, had an impact at the all-weights level. But I think there's kind of a, what, what's more important, your club football or um, international football? And I think what people don't understand is how important the silver fern is to Chris Wood. When he puts on the shirt, you see how frustrated he is when he misses chances. He knows the impact that he has in this side and how he can bring younger players through and create that next generation. And for him, um, he's set goals, I think. So he's wanted to knock off this record. He's wanted not necessarily to score the goals, but to have an impact to take this team forward. And he knows how important his goals are because they mean achievement for the side. And you saw he's taken time not only to uh, make himself available and to say how important this is for himself in the media, but he's also created social media posts and used that platform to say and to give an indication not only to Kiwi fans, but to fans of Chris Wood as to how much this means to him. So what record is next for Chris Wood? He's um, secured the goal scoring one. Yeah. Is it the all-time appearances for the All Whites? Oh, is that think, up next? Yeah. Look, Vaughan Covney's been knocked off. Ivan Vislich is uh, next uh, in the uh, crosshairs for Chris <laughs> Wood. Yeah, I think absolutely. And um, not only that, but he'll want to keep up the scoring record that he's got. So I think it's 30 goals in 62-odd games. He wants to maintain that almost goal every second game average. Um, and that's going to be something that's important for him when he looks back at his international career, I imagine. Spoon, just before we get Logan Rogerson on the line, you would have played in fixtures like this. Uh, New Zealand teams up against island nations who don't have professionals at their disposal, who mm. basically pick from the local league. You know the discrepancy. We're up here, they're down there. How do you, how do you avoid complacency when you come up against teams like this? How, how do you avoid being anxious for that result? Because you know that if you return home and one of these teams has beaten you, or, or strip you of the opportunity to go to a World Cup, then fans, media, they'll be on your back. How do you, how do you cope with all of this? I think it comes down to the culture and the side. And the, one, the, 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 the thing that I saw was that this team is very confident because of they're, they're playing at a, a higher level week in and week out at their club, club environments. At the same time, there's that patience that we've seen on the field. We've seen that resolve. And that all stems from a culture that is being built within the Sil White side, which is let's stick to the process. Let's stick to what we can control and let's focus on that. But you're right, there is an anxiety. This, this tournament's very banana skin heavy. <laughs> uh, and um, the players will need to be really sharp and focused heading into the semi-final and final because they are one-off games. There's no second chances. Well, I like bananas and uh, hopefully our next guest <laughs> likes them too. He lo loves consuming them for breakfast, lunch and dinner. His name is Logan Rogerson. Let's head to Qatar and talk to the all-white striker now. Logan, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, we're pretty... We're pretty good results. Um, we had a, a tough game against PNG, first game, and um, but managed to get the result. And then, obviously, second game was a bit more convincing. But I think our performance was a bit better, and I think that like showed in the in the scoreline.
And how satisfied are you with your own efforts? A couple of performances off the bench that you can be proud of. You, you satisfied? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think any role that Danny gives me that's coming off the bench or starting from the beginning, you know, you kind of have to just go out there and uh, leave him up there um, on the pitch. So, no, you know, I come close in the first game, hitting the crossbar and then managed to win a penalty in, in the second game. So, you know, it, I can just do really, um, you know, do the job uh, roles and responsibility that uh, Danny gives me. Just focusing in on that penalty for a moment, Logie, you did win it and we saw Clayton Lewis take it and score, but was there any question about you potentially stepping up? To be fair, I try to just stay down as uh, long as I can really to <laughs> try and convince the referee um, and then by the time <laughs> I got up, uh, Clayton's just standing in the middle. So so I didn't feel you had the, uh, had the, the um, ability to take the ball off him, mate. But speaking of that, Goran's going to hit me up a, bit, a little bit later, uh, looking at it from a goalkeeper's perspective, I understand. But how much contact was there uh, on you, mate? Because it didn't look like there was much. You could have broke my ribs, I reckon. You reckon? <laughs> Solid contact, eh? <laughs> I think you maybe made a meal of it, Logan. What, what do you reckon? To, to be honest, I don't know what he's doing. Like, he's caught the ball, then he's stuck his leg out. Like, I was nowhere near going to hit her. And then, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit silly. Yeah. Goalkeeper, but, yeah. Uh, studs up at uh, rib height, mate, is never a good idea, is it? So, yeah, we're thankful that you're, you're available for the next game. Um, Danny's, I think, from my calculations at least, has used 21 players uh, in the first two games, mate. What's that been like in terms of the variety that you've been asked to facilitate? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty um, hectic to be honest. Like with players coming in and, and players leaving, but you know every player that's come in and you know has done a real real good job, and it just it just feels like the whole team are on, on so like especially the boys that are coming in, you know they already kind of know you know what they need to do, and I think the team culture is like quite strong um, within this group, so I think it, that definitely makes it easier, um, you know, for these new players. To, you know, it already seem like they know what they're doing type thing. And what can we expect from you guys against New Caledonia, mate? It's not a dead rubber, but you've already qualified for the semis. So how is this game going to be managed? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest, but my feeling is that um, obviously some of the new boys that have come in probably, you know, try to get some minutes in for them and, and probably for the boys also they haven't played as much probably like myself maybe to to get around but like like uh, i don't really really know too much to be honest so like i said earlier like whatever role and responsibility that danny gives us i'm sure the boys will will give it a good crack against new kelly lovely mate and everyone's feeling confident um going into the really sharp part of the tournament now you seem to be very patient uh, on the field uh what foundation off the field creates that uh, ability to be patient and to wait for the opportunities to come Obviously, I think, um, you know, we've got very, very good players um, playing for the All Whites now and you've got players like Woodsy. So I think, you know, I think in, during the games, I think we know that we're going to create chances and we've got kind of the players to do that. And then obviously we've got Woodsy, you know, who can finish these chances as well. So I think being patient with the ball, um, we know that, yeah, we're going to create these chances with the players that we've got as well. So 
definitely helps. Logan, let's talk about Chris Wood for a second because he's managed to secure the all-time goal-scoring record for the All-Whites. How special a player is he? And how special was it for you to be a part of that moment? Yeah, no, real special. Um, you know, especially to, to come on from, um, yeah, it was... I gave him a little congrats and a little hug, you know, before before he come off. And yeah, Chris, Chris, he's just what a guy like off the off the field. And you know, you you'd never know, you know, that he's kind of the superstar that he is. And I feel like New Zealand doesn't get really like the credit that the credit that he, he should. And um, you know, all time goal scorer for our country. It's it's crazy, and to share the field and to be in camp with him is just just unreal. How does he inspire you and everybody else around him? Because look, football fans know exactly what he's doing week in, week out in the English Premier League. We know the sacrifices he makes in order to get into the white jersey. Now, how does he inspire those around him? I think off the field, you know, you can always um, always chat to him and he's always willing to give advice, especially for me as a striker, I try and you know, ask him little tips and things that uh you know he does on the field and i think he's just like a, a top guy and for me that's i think that's the most important thing is if you know someone's a, a good guy and uh, off the field and it just makes him real easy to relate to and even though being you know the kind of premier league superstar that he is as a striker yourself what kind of advice has he imparted while you've been in all whites camp that you might want to take to your professional environment yeah, well, I think men would be a, a little bit different uh, kind of players, but, you know, just kind of his positioning in the box for uh, scoring hitters and, you know, just reading crosses and, and things like this. So, yeah, you know, hopefully I can, obviously, you know, my hitter hit the crossbar and his hit the back of the net. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe I can, you know, tips about that. But, no, I... He's just a top guy, and I think his finishing and you know his goals in the Premier League and now top goal scorer is just you know, I think the finishing aspect. So I can probably learn a few things off him. Lovely, mate. And not only are you guys making sacrifices up there to be uh, at this tournament, but also we've got Kiwi football fans back here that are getting up at three and five in the morning to watch your games. Is there any messages that you've got for the New Zealand uh, football audience, mate? I just want a big thanks for all their support. Um, yeah, I know the time, the times are a bit niggly, but no, we definitely appreciate appreciate them. You know, getting up early and and watching the game. So no, thank you very much for supporting. Keep supporting us. How much of a distraction is Group A? Because um, obviously you've got to play somebody out of Group A, and we've seen Vanuatu effectively ejected from the tournament because of COVID. You've got the Cook Islands who are likewise doing the same. Uh, is that a distraction? And, and also, how, what are the, the precautions like for the All-Whites to make sure that you are fit and ready and available for a semi-final and a final? Yeah, well, like, to be fair, I don't think we're worried too much about what's happening uh, in the other group with covid it makes things a bit challenging, but I think all we can do is uh, make sure every game that we play, we get three points, and um, and whoever we get in the semi-final and final, I'm sure, you know, we're gonna want to do a great job. And I think the staff here and have got all the precautions in place. 
as well and you know we're pretty we're pretty good here with you know um safety of us and i think the staff the staff do a very good job of making sure that you know we're we're all safe and you know we managed to kind of keep keep in our own own little bubble because i think you know would hate for something like covid to ruin our chances of um you know going to that intercontinental playoff yeah, I'd feel pretty ripped off. I don't know about you, Spoons, but uh, if we don't go through to that intercontinental playoff and, uh, I don't know, Solomon Islands does, no, I'll be gutted. Absolutely not. Um, and I think particularly with this group, mate, the likes of Logie and what they can do, the depth that we've got at our disposal is wonderful. So, yeah, I can't agree with you any more, mate. Hey, yeah. Logan, just before we let you go, uh, what's it like for you uh, after such a, a, a lengthy absence from the All Whites environment? What's it like being back in camp? Yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing, to be honest. I think it would have been five five years. Um, so now it's been a long time. And, you know, when I got that call from Danny for the last tour and even to be involved with this uh, World Cup qualifying was, um, you know, was was a good feeling because obviously I'd been gutted every time I kind of watched the All Whites play from home. So um, to be back part of it, um, yeah, just obviously buzzing and, you know, I try and take it on the field. It's like when I do get my chance to, you know, even 10, 20 minutes to just leave it all out there type thing because, yeah, you just never know when it's going to be the last time, I guess. And, you know, I just hate to take playing for the always for granted knowing, yeah. Obviously, I'd been away for five years, so I definitely know what it's like to not be involved. So, yeah. Well, it's good to see you back in the environment and doing well in the all-white strip. Uh, I think the, the last time I saw you was, um, geez, it would have been just over a year ago. And um, Seamus Martin, uh, a man who is well known in New Zealand football circles, was trying to take his shirt off one button at a time. Um, that, was an, that was an interesting night, my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was. No, Seamus is a, is a good friend of mine. And, um, yeah, no, I don't remember too much of the <laughs> night, actually. But... <laughs> They will leave Seamus's behaviour for Seamus to deal with, Logan. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's very politically uh, avoided, mate. Well done. Yeah, good stuff, Logan. Thanks so much for joining us on the Kiwi Football Fix. Maybe we'll see you down at the Viaduct again uh, sometime soon, eh? But in the time being, go well in the OFC World Cup qualifying and uh, in a week's time, we'll be through to that Intercontinental Playoff. Cheers for your time, bud. All right, cheers for having me. Cheers. Yeah, a very interesting night, that one, with um, Seamus Martin, uh, one of the co-hosts of Between Two Beers podcast. Um, I don't think he got very far, Spoon, because um, the concept came in late in the, the evening, and of mm. course, we're, we're all old. And yes. so I think we maybe got to one or two buttons, yep. and then we were done. Well, that's probably good for everyone else in the bar and the Auckland Viaduct that night. But it seems to be a quite a remarkable <laughs> evening because it's been brought up on a yeah, number of occasions. it was a good night. It was a good night. Anyway, let's uh, consign that to the past where it belongs yes. and talk about Logan Rogerson. Um, yep. What have you thought of his efforts so far? Um, I mean, he spoke about the header into the crossbar. He's been, he's been a live wire in the opportunities he's been given by Danny. Absolutely. And I think 
Uh, the key thing for me is the maturity that he's shown. So he had his opportunities overseas in Germany after the time with the Phoenix. Uh, he had to come back to New Zealand and Auckland City and then realised he needed to go back overseas to put himself in the shop window, so to speak, for uh, this All Whites team. And he's mm. done that and he's doing really well up in Finland. So I think that's the background story to him and his contribution in the All Whites so far. And you're right, he's been such a willing contributor off the bench. He's shown that spark. And I think he's been part of a group of players um, that have done that for Danny. And for me, the likes of Ben Old, who we missed out at the top, uh, he was a really important cog in the wheel coming on. He, he really got in the pockets. He got his half turn on and played in the likes of Logan for a number of occasions. So he stood out for me in that game against PNG when Logie was so unfortunate uh, not to score. But that's what Danny will want to see. And I think in terms of the front line as a whole, he'll probably be saying to the boys, look, done really well, but let's still be focused on being more clinical. Let's refine this. Let's put games away earlier, which will be important because obviously it means they get to manage the games, but with the workload still in front of them, they want to be able to put that foot on the brake or go down to third or fourth, uh, so second or third gear uh, for the games to make sure that they're ready to go for the final. Well, they want to wrap up um, New Caledonia early. That's the next game Absolutely. for the All Whites. And um, what, what changes can we expect to see in this game? And what formation as well? Because as we said earlier, uh, they went for three central defenders. Will they do that again? I don't know. I've got, <laughs> I've got, well, got you <laughs> Come on, man, you're well, up there in Qatar. I, 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 you've, you've got as, as better idea as anyone. Well, that's the thing. It's the variety and the flexibility that Danny's installed into this team. And they will almost go horses for courses. So if they've seen something in the opposition that they want to target, they'll yeah. change the formation to get in around that. So it's almost Bill Belichickian for any NFL fans out there. They will target weaknesses and they'll try and adapt around that, which speaks not only to Danny's confidence in the side, but the side's ability and the variety uh, that they do bring to the table. There's options on the table. Which maybe, maybe I should have asked you, what do you want to see? What do I want to see? What, what, what changes do you Ma want to see made? And uh, what, what formation do you want to see Danny in play? I like the 3-4-3. I, I do. I think, I think we've seen great combinations from front to back. Not only does the back three allow us to push more players forward, uh, but we get to see the likes of Chris Wood and Costa Barbarousas um, play together. So uh, I don't think Costa's going to be there for the next game, but it's the chance for somebody else to come in. And in terms of a structure, I absolutely love it because mm. we can play off Woodsy, we get numbers in and around the ball, and it gives us the ability to play probably four midfielders or attacking midfielders to play off Woodsy. Um, in that midfield for the All Whites, which plays to their strengths. What positions are still up for grabs? Oh, uh, this tournament probably isn't the one to, uh, for that. But okay, so I, yeah, yeah. save that question for Absolutely. the Continental. Exactly, mate. Yeah. Um, but what I've really liked is the fact that we've seen Nico Kerwin and Dane Ingham really step on. Mm. The other point I'd make is that having seen him play uh, for the first time in a long time and remembering that he was actually a non-travelling reserve for the Olympics, Matt Garbett mm. is putting himself in the conversation with Marco Stamenich for the foundation for this midfield going forward for the next 10 years. We haven't seen Joe Bell and we won't see Sarpreet Singh, we won't see Marco Rojas um, in this tournament in that midfield and what we've had to rely on is the dynamicism of those two players and the confidence that he plays with. So happy to go into a one-on-one -on -one battle, happy to play one-touch football, also has a range to his passing um, and the maturity that he's playing with is just really impressive from such a young player. Yeah, Garbett, Staminich, absolute quality at such a young age. There's a lot of good in this all-white squad, those all-whites first 11s that Danny Hayes picked. Has there been anything that has worried you, though? Like well, you, you watch those performances against PNG and Fiji and think, oh, I don't know if I like that. Has there been anything... 
the one thing for me, and I think we've been saying this for a while, um, is that it would be good to see the All Whites put a team away early and be clinical and really um, stomp the foot down. Uh, so we saw that against Fiji in the latter stages, but I think in the, this tournament structure, it is important to get a goal early, to perhaps go in at two or three, and then um, be able to hit uh, a larger goal tally and just to have that in your back pocket, um, potentially if that's against New Cali going into the semi-finals. So that for me is one thing that um, I think we'd like to see to reassure us as an audience. But at the same time, this team doesn't need that. They're patient, they're confident. They'll wait for the opportunities to come to them. Away from the All Whites in Qatar at the moment, there was an announcement earlier in the week regarding outdoor gatherings. And the, the, the restrictions have been alleviated and removed and it means that we can have fans back at the football and who knows maybe the Wellington Phoenix can return from Australia and play inside the the Caketon Sky Stadium they could play at Eden Park keep going what, what, well they could play uh, in Christchurch they absolutely could play Nelson they, uh, they're playing in New Zealand let, which let's is just get thing. them back to New Zealand yes when's it likely to happen not sure at the moment there hopefully will be some sort of indication from the club yeah. that this um, will happen before the end of the season. We know that there's been games that have been earmarked and the club's been really open about that. They are aiming for home games. Um, How soon? Don't know. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be in April, Goran. April? Yes. OK, so that's just next month, right? It's, uh, well, it's, before, it's the end, before the end of the season, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, look, uh, I think it's for the club to confirm and hopefully it'll be able to happen soon. We know that they're aiming for it. Um, we'll all be here to support them. Obviously us here at Sky Sport, but also the New Zealand public. Got to get out. Got to welcome these boys home. Clayton Lewis, the hometown boy from Wellington, has only played one game in Wellington for the Wellington Phoenix. He's been there for, I think, two plus seasons now growing. Yeah. So that gives you an indication as to the sacrifice that the players have made, how abnormal it's been, and then also how important it, us, it is for us to welcome them back. Yeah, oh, I don't think there'll be any issues welcoming back the Wellington Phoenix. We'll turn out in force and uh, they'll get the job done as they did against Mark Rudan and Andrew Durante in the first game back last year. What does it also mean, this uh, easing of restrictions for the all-whites and that intercontinental playoff because, look, sad sacks like me love the commute from Auckland to Wellington to watch the All-Whites try and qualify for a World Cup. So can we, can we strip that of Qatar later in the year yeah. and bring it back to Wellington? Well, we've gone from the Auckland Viaduct to the infamous Air New Zealand 9am flight where I think it was absolutely rocking. So I'm imagining you were on there as well. No, man, I drove. You, dro you drove? Yeah, it was a road trip, me and my mates. Oh, brilliant. Three times over. Uh, nothing. It means nothing for the Intercontinental Playoff, unfortunately. So FIFA's changed no. it because of the uh, issues around COVID. Uh, they have gone for a really conservative approach and they're going to base, I think it's the two Intercontinental Playoff games in Qatar at the moment. There is some suggestion that could be moved potentially. We don't know at this point. Um, but they'll be played within 48 hours of each other and they won't be a home and away leg. They'll be a standalone fixture, which is going to be interesting because the temperature will be quite high in mm. Qatar at that time. It will be. Well, that sucks, doesn't it? Um, dreams are free, right? Road trip's still on, mate. Oh, so I just go down to Wellington anyway? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, I, I drive to Wellington to watch the All Whites play Panama in Qatar. Romanticism of plenty, Goran. OK, all right. Hey, just before we go, um, how are we going to give away this beautiful San Diego football <laughs> shirt signed by Landon Donovan, Nico Boxall and... Kyle Adams, the other kid. How are we going to do it? 
I reckon we just pick the score for New Cali, mate. Okay, That'd so be the way I'd like to do it. Pick the score for New Caledonia, and uh, while you're picking your score, you just hashtag Kiwi Football Fix on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, the winner of this lovely San Diego shirt will be revealed next week or online. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Rodrigo about that. Maybe we just do it on uh, Facebook or something. Absolutely. And just, just quietly thinking about uh, any potential uh, ties that we might have, mate. I reckon anyone who picks the same score. So if we've got a multiple of uh, correct scores, we put it down to you and you get to pick the winner at random. Okay. Or you could just um, maybe supply more of these shirts. <laughs> we do have a couple. So yeah, stay tuned, mate. Um, we'll be making sure they're in good supply. Jacob, great to see you on the Kiwi Football Fix. When am I going to see you next? I'm not, no, that's a, no, 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 I'm not falling for that because that's a backdoor question potentially about which coverage we've got coming up. Oh, okay. Oh, just no, no, maybe no, no, tricky. join me down at the viaduct or something and uh, have a couple of quads. I'll, f- I'll phone Seamus now, mate. <laughs> maybe remove the top button of your shirt <laughs> while you're at it. On the hour, every hour. Spoon, great to see you as Thank always. You. And uh, as for me, I don't know when I'll pop up again, but uh, you can guarantee I'll be on the Kiwi Football Fix next week once the All-Whites have won the OFC World Cup qualifiers in Qatar. Touch wood. Until then, yeah, touch wood. I don't think this is wood. This is kind of like a... uh, it's, It's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. Until then, we'll catch you next time on the Kiwi Football Fix.